every once in a while, that little, the voice, that crew member that's like, maybe it's totally cured. Go for it. We'll start getting the hand hold. <clears throat> Don't listen to that guy. He does not know what he's talking about. <laughs> This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. Today, my guest is Jessica, and we are going to hear about her transformation with rheumatoid arthritis. She's off all her medications. She has massively improved her energy levels, and her brain fog has cleared. So I'm really excited to speak with Jessica. G'day, Jessica. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Jessica, give us a little before and after here so we know what we're in for in terms of transformation. Like how how what sort of changes have you experienced? Before I started the Patterson program, I was a zombie person is the best way I could describe it. I was not able to live, but I wasn't dead. I was in bed most of the time, and it was all I could do to spend a few hours trying to cobble together my thoughts to figure out what was happening to me and maybe do a little bit of research. Um, and then the rest of the day, it was, can I get up to go to the bathroom? Can I take a drink of water now? And I don't even want to think too much about it because it was so terrible. <laughs> and now I have a totally full life. I have a part-time job. I was able to get an accounting certificate so that I could have a quieter job that I didn't have to use my body and so much social interaction for. And I, I'm able to take full, wonderful care of my two beautiful daughters and be a great wife and take care of the house. And I'm a library trustee and I volunteer and I just, I couldn't be happier. Wow. Okay. Well, now I'm triple excited to hear your story. <laughs> deliberately, I deliberately I've asked you the tiniest number of questions so that I don't know too much. Uh, because I want to be as excited as our audience to hear how this unfolded. So something that uh, occurred to me when you just spoke there is this brain fog and this and the and this heaviness and so on. How long had that been affecting you? after your diagnosis, or had that been something that had been prevalent even prior? And how long have you had the condition? When would, when was the diagnosis? I was finally diagnosed, which is kind of the end of one story and the beginning of another, in December of 2017. And I know that because it's written on my copy of the Patterson program. <laughs> um, but it was a creeping symptom. My symptoms were creeping since high school. So now in retrospect, I can say, oh, you know, all those antibiotics I had and kept having to have, I just got tireder and tireder and I got more opportunistic infections and I got more and more tired and I began to have 
sprain, sprained feeling in my joints. I never had joint swelling, but I felt like I haven't used this wrist. Why does it feel like this? So that was so many years, so many years of my life. I mean, I'm 40 something now, so it was a lot of years. And then when you first went to the rheumatologist, what sort of inspired that visit? Was it a particular so-called flare event or was it the, a progressive thing where it was like, finally, I said, I got to see somebody. Right, right. Actually, it was a crisis. After the birth of my second daughter, my health really fell apart. And I had been, I had been trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I knew there was something wrong with my immune system in my 20s. And I had had, you know, I, what did I know? I knew that HIV was part of the immune system. So I had one of those tests. I had no doctor. I had, I had, I had somebody at a clinic. I talked him into testing my thyroid. When after after the birth of my second daughter, I got shingles, and then between shingles and mono, which I also had a re so chick, shingles is like chickenpox redone, and mono you can also get again. They're both herpes simplexes. Uh, Obama Care came in, so I got a doctor. I got access because like, I was poor, relatively speaking. So I got access to the healthcare system and I started going at it <laughs> and it was really hard. And my, my advice would be to be persistent and keep getting second opinions until you find someone who can help you. Because I was labeled a drug seeker by the first doctor I went to, which was so humiliating. Um, and it, it was, it just came out by accident when this intern was reading me notes. <laughs> and um, so I never recovered from the mono is what I'm trying to say. I never recovered from mono and I, I was in bed in this state that I described earlier. And I, I think I, I do want to go through my symptoms because this is what I was searching for on the internet. Like I would have a few hours a day where I like 10 minutes at a time where I could be like, okay, I have this symptom. Let's go see if I can find anything. Because if I could treat one symptom, maybe it would get me a diagnosis. Like maybe I could figure out what was happening. So I had debilitating exhaustion. I also had existential dread. And it had really, no matter what, um, which was terrible to live with. Uh, I had eczema, which I had had off and on in my life, but like, this was the worst eczema, um, including in my vagina, which no one has talked about yet. And that's a symptom that I went down a rabbit hole looking and a lot of other people have that um, with no cure. And then uh, all my other membranes were also dry. So my mouth, incurably dry, my eyes, incurably dry, nasal passages were cracking. I had body fuzziness. Uh, so one of the first things that happened when they put me on prednisone, which they do when they first diagnose you, is that I begin to feel my body. And I'm like, you know, everything does hurt. But I wouldn't have even been able to tell you if everything hurt before because I just felt like I had like a like a bad fever. But also everything was just numb and sort of fuzzy, tingly. It's hard to describe. Like it didn't it just didn't feel right. So those were the things I had chronically 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a year. And then I also had on top of that frequent optical migraines, the sparkliness around the vision. I had irregular heartbeats. 
um, and spontaneous bruising. So especially around the joints, but also in my, my large muscle areas, like my, uh, my, my thighs, I would feel a ping and I would look and I would have a bruise there, a big, a big bruise. And all of those things together were frightening, totally frightening. And I got together with my best friend, like eventually, and she's like, let's just Google it, <laughs> which I had been doing, but she's like, let's, let's, let's do it. And we got to chronic fatigue sy syndrome, which is not a diagnosis anybody wants, right? Like it's worse than RA really, I think, because like there's no drugs even for them to even throw at you. And I'm like, that's terrible. But it got, I'm like, what kind of doctor do you need for that? And they said, you need a rheumatologist. So that's how I got to the rheumatologist clinic. Long story short, that's how I got to the rheumatologist. And I got to one rheumatologist and she said I was fine. I think you're still recovering from mono. You know, she did the fibromyalgia pushing points on me and like, you don't have that. I'm actually a hyper flexible person. So she's like, you're not stiff enough to have it. I had had an ANA at this point and I had had a rheumatoid factor because I did have a primary care physician. I was offered psych meds at one point um, for depression, anxiety. And I, I was on those for two days and they made everything worse. Like if it could get worse, it got, it got worse. It was terrible. And then I had a second rheumatologist and the second rheumatologist was Todd Dotery. I wanted to name him because he's a diagnostic genius and I owe so much to him. He said he ran a CCP test, which hadn't been done yet. And said, it is rheumatoid. He gave me my diagnosis and also gave me all, all that stuff that comes with the diagnosis, which is it's incurable and chronic and um, will only get worse through your life. But he said that he's going to treat it like it's rheumatoid. And if the, if the treatment works, then that confirms the diagnosis. And the treatment did work. Steroids, I did feel a little bit better, although I en they ended up not agreeing with me. So I wasn't on them for very long, thankfully. And I started methotrexate in December of 2017. That was a long oh, story. <laughs> oh, thank you. And then did the treatments make your joints feel better? And how did they impact your mental sort of clarity, brain fog, anxiety, all that? Yes. Um, that's a really good question. And very honestly, I can't give you a super thorough answer. Because a lot of that went in the black bag of things I never want to think about again. But prednisone did make me feel better for some number of days. And then I was, I was in the accounting school at the time and I couldn't do addition. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I like went down the wrong way on a road. Like it wasn't, it wasn't okay for whatever was happening in my brain. And so I, um, I stopped taking that <laughs> and only waited for the methotrexate to kick in. But I didn't have to wait long. Oh, no. While I was doing the methotrexate, I also tried bee sting therapy. Somebody, I don't know if this has come across your desk, and I'm not saying I don't believe in it, but I am saying I found the Patterson program before I got very far. <laughs> so I would try the Patterson program first. For sure. <laughs> Patterson program defeats beasting. 
That's right. <laughs> right. That's okay. right. It's a lot less painful. Yeah. <clears throat> and you don't need an EpiPen every time you go to the doctor to do that. So you've then transitioned on to Patterson program and to any newcomers, this involves a complete change to your lifestyle from all angles. We're talking about exercise, talking about diet. We're talking about, uh, you know, interrupting stressful sort of patterns. We're talking about sunshine exposure, working on vitamin D levels, and there's so much more. Focus really becoming rebuild the gut and reduce the anti sorry reduce the free radical load in the body. They really are the the, the two primary drivers of the program. So um, it involves having to do a restrictive diet for a while and those other aspects. How did you kind of acclimatize to those? changes and how did you respond physically and and also with the with the mental challenges yeah when i found the program it was through your talk your ted talk and it was right before christmas and i had i had motivated enough to get out of bed to wrap presents i'm like here's what i'll do for my life i will just make holidays special for my children <sighs> so I I googled RA TED Talk because I knew TED Talks could be inspiring and I had just listened to one about chronic fatigue that made me want to just jump out a window. So I found that and I started immediately. And um I talked to my husband a little bit about the cost because I am miserly. And especially then <laughs> When it feels like I'll never be able to make a penny because I'm going to end up under a bridge, right? And um, and he said, you know how much money you've spent on supplements <laughs> that don't work, you know? And that is really true. Just take all the money you're spending on supplements right now that doesn't work and buy the Patterson program. And I just felt so much hope. And it was really hard. But we happened to have a treadmill in the basement that had been left like on a neighbor's porch like for free and so I took my laptop down to the basement and um I could do I think the first day was a fast right a fast a salad fast maybe I'm not sure and um and I put on the podcast and what I would do is and I I told my father I'm gonna get better oh this is very emotional <laughs> And I went down to the basement and I would listen to a podcast and walk as fast as I could on that treadmill. And this is coming from someone who had a hard time going up the stairs. And it was like an AA meeting for an alcoholic. I would do it every day and I would listen to those podcasts and they would fill me with hope. And I would say to myself, your children are more important than cookies, you know, because you get hungry. <laughs> You're raising your kids. That is so much better than whatever is in your pantry right now. Cause I did this with a husband who is, um, who's on like a protein based diet and kids, kids, little kids at the time, like they're, they're a little older now, but they were like two and five, seven. So I had crap in the house and, and I did it. Clint, I did it and you can do it. Whoever's listening. <laughs> and, uh, Thank God for those podcasts. That's why I'm so honored. And I really hope that I can help someone else through. And your wife. I listened to little videos from your wife. 
And I hear her in my head still. Don't let yourself get hungry. She is so loving and such an angel. And she, yeah, she still helps me <laughs> today. Yeah, she helps me uh, every uh <laughs> <laughs> So every I got hour. more... Sorry, I got to to your point. I got more and more energy immediately. And like you with the cherries, you got sick and you vomited and you felt better. I I did remember like we all got neurovirus uh at some point and I was sleeping on the floor in front of the toilet. And I during this uh the period where I was just not there and I got up and I thought I feel a little better. <laughs> And I remembered that, like, why do I feel a little better? And so I felt, I, I felt so much better immediately. I needed naps. I was on the basics of the program for many, many months. I could add things really slowly. I'm trying to remember. Um, I did, somebody, somebody in a previous podcast said, you don't get better day by day, but you do get better week by week and month by month. I found that really true. I got a lot better quickly so that I could actually like do a load of laundry. Like those changes were very significant. I could make my kids breakfast. Like I could ask them how their day was at school. I don't want to talk too much about that because I'll get me going again. But the, the changes in the beginning were huge. And then it was month by month. I did drop a lot of weight. A lot of people will be worried about that. My friends and family, that was their primary concern. I got a lot of, how do you know this is nutritious? And how do you know, uh, you know, you're not going to get, what is it, too much underweight. And I talked to my doctor about that. I never lost my period. I never got any little, little white hairs on my arms. And I always felt good. Like even when I was super duper skinny, I felt great. I, I got sick. You know, I got a cold because it's back to school season here. And I was sick and I stopped taking methotrexate as one does when they're sick. And um, the cold lasted a really long time. And then I got another one. So I didn't take methotrexate again. And uh, my little girl had the cold with me. And I noticed a few things. And that is my energy level increased further. I'm always looking for the next thing, like the next energy boost. And I had, I had the chronic anemia on methotrexate, which I know... Uh, which was not, I couldn't really lick it with the folate. I just, no matter how much folate I took. And the methotrexate does have the, the sedative side effect. And I felt great off of it. I felt like I had that next level of energy. And I had also been experiencing premenopausal or menopausal symptoms as an early 40s year old. And I, I knew, you know, that was possible and like fine. But when I went off the methotrexate for a number of months, that all reversed. And I Googled it, <laughs> as one does. And, and, and being on methotrexate for so many years can induce menopause. And I had no idea. And I'm like, wow, we're really coming back to life here. <laughs> and I want people to know that, too. Like, that's a great benefit. And so I am off of methotrexate now by accident, kind of like you got sick, stopped taking it, and then never just never started again. And I have it in my closet in case I need it. And I just don't need it. I see my rheumatologist next month. I'll run it by him. He's, he's very good. 
he he will totally be supportive. So here we are. And that was three plus months ago, right? Since you last. Yes. The one question yeah. I think, uh, we one or two questions that we covered right before we started. So yeah. my experience dovetails exactly the same as yours coming off methotrexate. And again, we're not encouraging this. We're just right, it, right. You know, providing some insights behind the scenes if people are still taking that drug. If you feel really tired, it's likely the drug. I mean, the, the drug, it, in my experience, created a lot of fatigue. And, and, it, and if you're on the drug and you have a lot of inflammation still, like if the drug isn't suppressing the inflammation adequately, then that actually could be contributing a lot to the fatigue as well, because an active immune system consumes a lot of the body's energy resources. It is taxing on the body to create white blood cells, inflammatory response, um, you know, uh, uh, and 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 activate that part of the body's, you know, uh, energy sources or allocate it towards that activity. So. My experience was like yours. When I stopped the drug, I was like, whoa, it was almost like if you're holding a rubber ball under the water and then you let it go, it bounces back to the top again. That's how my body felt, like my mind, everything's, whoa, I'm back on the surface again, you know? Yeah, that 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 this is absolutely sensational. Let's talk about your joints first. How are your joints? You mentioned that you never got the swelling before. But clearly your symptoms improved. You've got anti-CCP antibodies positive. Your rheumatoid, uh, your what's called um, um, seropositive rheumatoid arthritis. So we've not misdiagnosed you or anything like that. You've been on the rheumatoid arthritis drugs, steroids, methotrexate. Mm-hmm. How do the joints compare today to when you first saw Todd, the rheumatologist? Today? Well, when I saw, when, when I got, um, the, the, let's say the beginning of the Patterson program, because then, then I actually could start feeling my body. I, I wasn't feeling my body before that because there, there was just too much inflammation, I guess, is my hypothesis. I would keep track, the one through five of the, just like you said, the digits, the toes, the knees, the elbows. And I did have, I did have a hand involvement. Like you said, I didn't get swollen joints. I got weakness, severe weakness. Like I couldn't hold my toothbrush. I couldn't open a doorknob. And it's like, what's wrong with it? Like the muscles are there. The joints aren't swollen. It just couldn't do it. So I would say that I have, I don't, I'm a little superstitious. I'm going to knock on wood. I have one joint. That I am, that I keep my eye on, and it's my elbow right here, and um, I do have a robust hot yoga practice, and it's a one. My elbow's a one, and but I watch it carefully because the stick I have been hit with, <laughs> I am worried about being hit with again. Uh, so I don't have joint pain. I, I, I'll also say that after shingles, I began to get de- de- debilitating headaches. Um, and that was a, a major symptom of my rheumatoid. Although I think most rheumatologists will tell you that hips and neck are not involved in rheumatoid arthritis. I don't know. But my hips and neck were involved. So I had terrible hip pain at one point, totally gone. And I have, um, 
I had terrible headaches that that were neck involved, and they are totally gone. If I have a flare, like last Christmas when I ate an entire box of chocolate, don't do that. Never do that. I got a terrible, I got, you know, two weeks I was dealing with this um, headache, neck involved headache, and the elbow, the elbow uh, was was more like a three or four. Um, and then the fatigue kicks up and then, you know, it's two months trying to, to calm that all back down, but you just never know when you're going to be able to eat a box of chocolates. So every once in a while, that little, the voice, that crew member, that's like, maybe it's totally cured. Go for it. We'll start getting a hand hold. <clears throat> Don't listen to that guy. He does not know what he's talking about. <laughs> No, no. And even I've succumbed to that. You know, I've told this story a few times, but back several years ago here in Florida, we went to a famous restaurant that I won't won't throw under the bus because (laughs) nothing wrong with the restaurant. It just, we went to this restaurant and it was deep, oily French fries. It was uh, sweet potato fries and an oily veggie burger. Now, Mm. even that doesn't necessarily qualify for me in my level of resilience to a certain reaction. But the difference Mm. was I had zero, and I mean zero, antioxidants with the meal. And so we're talking no salad, no fruit. I normally have a glass of orange juice. uh, And it was such a mismatch between antioxidant and free radical combo for that meal that postprandial, which is post-meal outcome, that little chemical reaction was a disaster. But uh, anyway, not about me, but I can say I've I've made this mistake before. And just like you shared, it takes so long to get it back under control again. It's yeah. not worth it. It takes a very long time. And the more you stuff up, the longer it takes. So if you oh, stuff yeah. up with just a little bit, you might be looking at a week. If you stuff up like I did, it took years to get myself back to boom, 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 robust, Clint. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't just do it. don't do it. Yeah. But, yeah. but you didn't panic. You didn't have to panic. And you didn't have to like get so stressed out that you were frozen because you're like, I know what to do. And that's the whole difference. Like, I know what to do. I'm not dying. I got this. We got this. It's just such a gift. Like, there's nothing better. You yes. have such control of your life. You have control of you going down the dumps. And but then you can big steps. <laughs> um, I just um uh, uh, interviewed Ashita, who was on the last podcast, and she said something, and I didn't pick her up on it at the time, that overlapped exactly with what Michael Jordan says in his documentary. If you watch his documentary, he says this a lot, and I picked up on it. When things are challenging, he's, he learns of things or criticisms or problems or so, he says, okay, fine. If that, then. And he responds, I noticed this pattern. Like some criticism, someone said this, they don't like you anymore. He's like, okay, fine. Then this. It's almost like, and it's just this really quick pivot from, okay, I acknowledge that problem. I see that that is an issue here. And this is how I'm going to sort of, you know, it's not resistance, it's acceptance. And what am I going to do about it? All in one little moment. Okay, fine. 
And okay. And so this is it. If the if we do something wrong, okay, fine. And here's what we can do. So now I want to just go a little bit more deeper into your your minds now, because it seems like for many, many years you had this brain fog, this lack of clarity. I want to hear about how much you feel that you've now become more normal in inverted commas in that sense. Your clarity, your positivity and Mm -hmm. energy. Let's get into that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Before my diagnosis, while I was looking for I think I probably had scheduled with one, at least one of the rheumatologists, because it takes four months to get in. I I got an anxiety specialist to help me, a psychologist who specialized in anxiety. And this was because I just want, I'm trying to put a fine point on how much this um, symptom needed attention. There's a quality of living in the moment because I couldn't think of what to do next outside of it being right in front of me. And I live on a farm. All right. There are cows. My parents go away in the winter. Um, That first, that the year I was one year, yeah, the year I was in bed, my brother moved in downstairs so he could take care of the cows. But I would like, I gave away my chickens. I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't think of what to do next. I couldn't, I couldn't rationalize anything. I couldn't follow one thought to another um, without a huge amount of effort. Uh, I did a lot of praying. And uh, so I did see an anxiety guy eventually. I was, uh, I, I would drive myself down, which is probably not a good idea, half an hour to the, the largest town and to see him he was wonderful he was very supportive of me getting uh, medical seeing what would happen medically um and at some point he told my my primary care this 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 woman is just suffering too much she needs meds and that's when i think i mentioned before that i was offered um and took for a few days the anxiety depression medication like a long-term one um which which it did not it just like amplified everything that felt terrible into this huge overwhelming bubble um so that didn't work and uh my primary after my rheumatoid diagnosis my primary care physician it felt to me this is my my judgment it felt to me like she felt so guilty <laughs> for putting me through all that for a year you know basically telling me i was hysterical um you know, all my symptoms were because of what was happening here, that she gave me Xanax and I was able to, she gave me 30 Xanax and I used those whenever I needed to go out and function. I can't think of a time. Oh, I went, we went, my husband's father was dying. So I had to go in an airplane. I had to travel in a car. I had to, I had to like, move around and that was just not even possible it it was like because i also had a two-year-old so i really wanted to hold it together for her because 
I do not want her memories of her mother being a weepy mess shuffling through an airport. Um, so it was bad. It was so bad, so bad. And it got, it got, I would say within, within a year, I was like, I don't need these. I don't, I don't need these. Like I kept them, like I'm keeping the methotrexate. Cause what if I need them? <laughs> what if it comes back? But really, uh, th- that symptom. And I really, I really, really wish diet were more part. It made me realize like, what if there's like all these people out here that aren't being helped and could be helped? And the suffering is so incredible and they're just being humiliated. And really, they just need, they just need a program like this. Um, and so I do hope that this finds its way to someone because when you're there, you're willing to try anything. You're totally willing to do this because it's it's excruciating, and and really you're just uh, there's not a good fit in the medical system to treat you, so you're just treated quite badly. Yeah, yeah. The connections are becoming more and more clear with sort of brain fog and clarity and so forth and gut health. One of the drivers of all this, and certainly in the area of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia and so on, is this. Mm. lipopolysaccharide, this transition or the translocation of the membrane uh, components of gram-negative bacteria ending up in the bloodstream. And this stuff's highly inflammatory and it can get into, pass through the blood-brain barrier and into our brains and affect our thoughts and it's the, sorry, affect our um, brain functioning. And it's behind rheumatoid arthritis inflammation. So there is a direct correlation between the amount of LPS or endotoxin, as it's called, and inflammation in RA patients. So you increase the endotoxin, you increase inflammation. There is a linear proportional relationship. And it's directly and solely derived from the gut. It is a leaky gut symptom. And so it all, once again, comes back to healing the gut. And so in your experience, similar to my cherry incident, you explained how you're lying on the floor and then you realize, you know what, I'm thinking clearer. During that time, you've got less particles from the gut moving into the bloodstream, triggering inflammation in the brain, causing a disruption of the signaling in your thoughts and creating brain flog. (laughs) Flog. Brain fog. (laughs) So look, this is my, this is my non-microbiologist background, like I don't have that background. I listen and soak in scientific studies and listen to those experts. And this is my interpretation and people should do their own research on that. But the studies are there. The studies are there and I could share the studies that I read on this. So what we ultimately have is this constant pollution of the bloodstream and the organs and joints with this LPS coming from the gut. And if we can heal our gut through fiber-rich foods and antioxidants and reduce stress, which undermines those efforts, we will experience improved health across the spectrum of diseases that we experience. So it's, you know, it's wonderful to, to hear of these transformations for you. And could you give us, speak to people who are struggling at the moment if 
now away from your story, but instructionally, what would you say to people? Obviously, we've spoken about the Patterson program, but specifically, what type of foods, what type of exercise, what type of day-to-day activities do you do to keep your mental clarity optimized and to feel good? Mm-hmm. I do first want to speak. I know, I know I've said it, and I'm a little evangelical about this, but I do think you need to get the Patterson program first because I I have been vegan. I was vegan in my 20s and it didn't save me because it was it was a lot of processed food. It was it was a lot of high it was high oil. And also I did an elimination diet, you know, for the eczema when I was feeling terrible. I did the blood-based diet. So I know I know you've said you can do it backwards. <laughs> But you do have to get to that really restrictive point at some point. And um, yeah, my my husband jokes, my here's my wife, she eats bird seed and grass. And I I just want people to know that there are there there's a very narrow path through the mountain. <laughs> there's a very that you you're passing through the eye of the needle and someone has figured it out and you don't need to reinvent the wheel and just do just do the thing that works. Beyond that, my advice is and what I do um is it's really important to exercise. And as you feel more and more better, you want to skip that step. But don't. My advice is not to do that. Uh and I have been in and out of it. I was blessed to get a sauna because during uh, COVID, the COVID lockdown, I couldn't go to the hot yoga place, which I took three hours out of my day to do because it was so far away, by the way. And um, I, I like was doing a space heater in my bathroom and my mother thought I was going to burn the house down. So I do have a sauna and it's, and I do a modified Bikram yoga thing in the sauna. And I highly recommend that if you can, but um, otherwise get hot and sweaty and do something hot and sweaty, hot and sweaty, 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 sweaty. And, you know, pump that water and eat that enormous salad. I do have like a superfood I feel like I found. I'm I'm like well into the things I can eat. So don't like I wouldn't say do this right away. But I have a Moroccan stew that's really seems to like, oh, it must have everything I need in it. It's got carrots and butternut squash and like onions and has tomatoes in it. And I do it without oil and but cumin and cinnamon. It is so good and I I can eat a lot of it because it's it's new and delicious. Um, I still don't do the beans. I, I, it's not, I, I can't quite do it yet, but you know, I have my pumpkin seeds and I do a lot of quinoa and buckwheat and amaranth and those yeah. are what, those are what work for me. Fantastic. And your husband, obviously the early skeptic being on a, um, you know, you politely <laughs> put it a high protein diet, which in um, read between the lines means meat heavy, <laughs> less less of the grains and so on. Yes. Um, how is his uh, acceptance of everything now that he has his wife back who thinks clearly, who feels great, who's vibrant, who wants to come and share on a podcast, which I'm sure that 
you know, seven years ago when all this began, you may not have been able to string two sentences together. I mean, that's right. How does he feel about this situation now? You know, it's funny. I can hear him in the background. He can't hear you, but I asked him this question yesterday. I said, do you have any advice that you want to share to people? And he said, I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't, I wasn't supportive early on. He affectionately called you a Australian witch doctor. (laughs) And uh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I won't say that beginning part. He's a handsome Australian witch doctor. And um, and he's like, I was wrong. It clearly works. And I would have been supportive from the beginning. I will say for like a whole year, he washed my juicer for me. And that's damn supportive. That's really good. That is, because that's a lousy <laughs> Yes. Especially at the beginning when you're like, oh, 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 you've just done like all this exercise and you need a nap. <laughs> what I love about these interviews is that what's what I think is hilarious about this is we don't make any effort to try and sell this. We're like, this is the hardest thing you'll do. This sort of sucks a lot. The juice cleaning, the the, the uh, you'll it'll suck doing this. It'll suck doing that. It'll suck doing that. And I think the only reason we survive as a business is because <laughs> it works. It works. And the pain of the discipline is better than the pain of the disease. You know what I mean? Yes, so true. That is, that is exactly it. That is exactly it. And I get to, I like, I have really improved the health of my family. I have really improved the health of my family. We eat, my, my 15-year-old daughter will grab a head of romaine and eat the whole thing to the stump. And, you know, that's her vegetable. And my, and they both eat cucumbers um, every, every day in their, their lunchbox. And they, they do raw food. They do raw fruits and vegetables. And that has, I won't, you know, that's their privacy, but it has improved their health. (laughs) I'll just say that it has improved their health. And they can take that with them and they can take the lessons that they've seen from me and take it with them their whole lives and it will save them. And it will save them when they need it, should they need some massive intervention too. I'm hoping they won't because of what they've learned and all their good nutrition now. But you never know what's going to happen. And my husband eats, I mean, he's, he is, he's healthier now than he, he was. And he eats huge amount of salad, huge salads, and he likes to put all the fixings in them still. And it's been good for everyone, even though they're not doing it, doing the yeah. specific thing I am. And, and that makes you swell with pride, doesn't it? Because you yes. know that this is, is an investment into their future. And, it, and you know that it's putting money in the bank into their, into their gut health, which will act as their you know, protective mechanism against all the things that that come their way in the future with an uh, with a parent who has a autoimmune condition making them predisposed so that's what we're like in our family you know there's some non-negotiables like i make my kids at least at least three or four times a week have oatmeal for breakfast and i've got the eldest now that's her default she only wants oatmeal for breakfast now once you have that locked in and you can lock that in for life, right? If you just have a little brown sugar on that or you like a little bit of whatever it might be, 
uh, a little bit of cacao powder or a little bit of soy milk or a little bit of uh, banana chopped up. Whatever the little thing is that makes you enjoy the oats, get the oats in. And that that is just so foundational for the gut that, um, you know, and I make the other two little ones do it three or four times a week and you, because we need to. We're, we're parents with an autoimmune disease and children with a predisposition. Therefore, it's our responsibility to protect them from this thing that we never want our kids to ever experience. Exactly, exactly. And I want to say that my 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 15-year-old, the one who will eat the whole thing of romaine, this is her rum. That's why the background is the way it is. And um, and she also does oatmeal every, that's her preferred breakfast. I chop up and cook an apple in it. So good. Yeah. 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 No, that is, that is, that that's the breakfast right there. Lock it in, leave it <laughs> like that, and never change it forever. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, Jessica, is there anything else that if if you feel that people need to know that you had to learn the hard way that you really want to share with other people? Is there something we've missed here that you really want to get across? I think we have touched on everything. I do want to thank my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom was like the only one who was like, yes, try this. <laughs> she read the whole thing because she's a faster reader than I am. I couldn't read. When I started your program, I couldn't read. You know, I, it was just too too much of a mess. Yeah, she read the whole thing. And uh, she she found me a juicer at the thrift store. And she started making me, when I could handle it, glutinous rice patties. Um, because because she uh she loved cooking for me she's like maybe you can try this it's like bread and like she'd put onions in it or she'd put blueberries in it is it like cake and like she would she was just so supportive and wonderful so but i i think we've covered everything else okay awesome well you're glowing and you seem so happy and you certainly speak with as much clarity as any of our other guests it seems like you've got no (laughs) brain fog going on at the moment so, um, you know, I think we've we've touched upon how it's a full balanced approach that we need. We've got to get the nutrition right. And as you said, thread the needle, narrow path up the mountain. It's true. It's true. You cannot just guess at this on your own. I mean, you you may get there in the end, and it's certainly easier these days with our podcasts, and you can piece a lot of things together uh, with our podcasts and so on. But the nuances are exceptionally important. And so, um, you know, you've got all that right. You've got the diet right. You've got support at home from your family, your mom, and now finally your husband, <laughs> who I'm sure throughout this whole thing secretly hoped that this would work anyway. I mean, you can <laughs> feel that you guys have got that wonderful connection. So well done. And now remember the life of pie. Don't get complacent. You've got the sleep. You've now... You've now learned to live with the beast without it hurting you, but you're still sharing a little boat, a little space with the beast, and so continue to respect that it is a wild animal and don't poke. Okay? Um, So that's where you're at now, and continue to expand your food base. You know, uh, you'll build more insurance if you're able to eventually eat some legumes and some beans. These are associated with longevity and better gut health, so I would microdose those in. Um, and uh, you'll continue to thrive. So I can't wait to hear what the rheumatologist says when you see him. Um, and uh, it's just such a feel-good conversation. So thanks for sharing. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. And thank you so much for sharing this. And thank your wife for helping you do that. Really appreciate it. Saved my life. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.